So sometimes it seems like we have these emotions that come out of nowhere and that we just cannot control them. But the fact of the matter is that they do definitely come from somewhere. And we also can do some things to manage or what I like to call self-regulate our emotions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Badass Midlife, a podcast for women in midlife where we talk about past hangups, regrets, guilt, and how the ups and downs have made us into the resilient women we are today. We talk about what to let go of, how to move on, and how to do your midlife like a badass. Enjoy the show. Hey friends, hope everybody is doing well today. I am enjoying this uh, little drop in the humidity that we are having in the Chicagoland area right now. It's always so humid here in the summer, but it is actually a nice little reprieve today, so I'm super excited about that. Um, Today, I am so thrilled to be talking about this. I feel like this is my new uh, favorite part of life coaching women in midlife and talking to women in midlife is this idea of being able to manage our moods and to really self-regulate our emotions. It is really easy to fall into the trap of thinking that other people and our outside circumstances are the triggers for all of our moods. It really has nothing to do with us necessarily, but it's these pesky other people and situations that cause us to be crabby or that cause a bad mood to spike or to cause these emotions to run out of control. And of course we want to do that, right? We don't want to have ownership of the responsibility of something that we do that is a negative uh, response, right? Um, In my book that's coming out, I talk about this a lot. This is a gigantic step one is to be brave enough to say I'm going to go into any unpleasant thing that happens in my life or that has happened and I'm going to actually own the things that I contributed to. So In midlife, in any really part of life, but especially in midlife, it's really important that you go back and you address those things and you own the parts of any conflict or any bad decision or any story or limiting belief that you're telling yourself that might have been blamed on someone else and just say, what did I have to do with that? What was I bringing to that that really made that situation go that way. So it's about being, uh, having the courage, you know, to say that this is coming from something I'm doing, at least half of it, right? We all know that anything that goes on that we at least have to say, well, at least half of this is in my control. And so the same holds true when we talk about moods and um, emotions. And so when we are growing up, we learn how to self-regulate our feelings and emotions based on how we were parented. So maybe you had a parent that was very doting and when you were hurt and skinned your knee, um, you got a big hug and some understanding and some acknowledgement that that happened. And oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, that must have hurt. 
tell me what happened and they you know encourage some conversation well maybe the next time you know uh, try to do this instead and so you were given the whole entire uh, model of how to handle and self-regulate that feeling or maybe you were that kind of parent I'd like to think that I was some of the time I know that some of the time I wasn't some of the time I was uh, a parent that didn't want to god forbid um create a whiny kid and so sometimes they would just get the you're you're fine it's okay yeah no it's nothing you know kind of shun them off and if something was really not a big deal it was also an important skill set in my mind um, that they understand that some things are higher on the scale and some things are lower on the scale but let's say that you consistently have that sort of a response to the things that happen to you when you know you're growing up if you're the kind of child that had um, consistent shunning uh, didn't really ever have the interaction around the situation that happened around the the skinned knee right you're fine don't worry about it or maybe you were even ignored god forbid right or something just happened that made you shift away from the actual thing that happened and turn it into some sort of feeling right so now you're feeling neglected or like you don't get any attention and then that starts to manifest in different ways so some kids are the type that maybe uh you know you run into your bedroom or run outside um, and you just isolate and you just start a different activity and you learn yourself how to distract yourself from whatever that feeling of of being ignored made you feel like like you just wanted to detach like you just wanted to do something different and start to forget about that feeling ignored kind of hurt maybe you decided to um, eat a whole box of cookies a whole bag of chips maybe that just seemed like the right thing to do um, because food feels great it gives us that little rush and this is how you were kind of uh, triggered to handle that type of situation maybe you were the kind of kid that um, just were, was very peace seeking and if you were met with indifference and a non-reaction for you that was just par for the course right now you just that's the parents you had or that's the mom you had or whatever and that's how it was handled and so you just move on sort of glossing over the whole situation going on to the next thing without much in your mind without much uh, feeling about it or maybe you were just a little heathen and we're like well I'm going to get attention somehow and if getting this skinned knee didn't do it I'm going to up the ante I'm going to escalate things a little bit and I'm going to go this route to get some attention so when we then become adults depending on you know what we learned from behavior um, from our behaviors as a kid like those things carry into adulthood too so I'm going to challenge you right now to look at yourself, see if you fall into in some way one of these categories that we're talking about today. Do you find that when some kind of uncomfortable situation goes on, whether it's physically painful or emotionally painful, are you going to remove yourself from the situation? Are you going to leave the room? Are you going to excuse yourself? Are you going to uh, make an excuse to... Um, you know that you have something else to go do 
So maybe that's the way you handle pain, conflict, any kind of discomfort, right? Maybe you decide to self-soothe with food or alcohol or drugs or whatever um, just because that was something that you had that made you feel better in the past. And so now instead of a box of cookies, it could be a lot of other things. It could still be food, but it could be other things that are just kind of getting you away from that thought of that uncomfortable situation and just putting you into something that makes your mind and your energy be a little bit more positive and distracted. Maybe you are just such a peacemaker that you agree, that you accept, that you just tolerate everything and that no matter how you feel about a situation, it's just more important that you just keep peace. And so um, you just stay in the situation, let it kind of uh, dilute itself down and then let it dissipate and disappear in your mind. You're feeling like that's the best option for you or you're the person that is just like okay well you're not hearing me so now I'm going to escalate um, my mood even more because you're not understanding me so now I'm going to grab everything in the kitchen sink and just put it out there now and you're going to just kind of inflame the situation so really understanding that a lot of those different strategies that we have to regulate our emotions and our moods they do come from what we did as kids and what we were taught and how we were taught to self-regulate and they have consequences right we can definitely take those things into adulthood and make them a pattern like i said we love patterns and habits as adults the human brain just loves that We love consistency and patterns. And so even when we're doing something that is not healthy, if we do it enough and we do it consistently enough, it becomes a habit. So the most important thing to do when we are learning how to self-regulate is to just identify what is the trigger of this emotion. So this goes for everybody. You, You probably see people and you think, oh my gosh, like they just seem to have this very still water facade and they can just regulate everything perfectly. They just navigate ups and downs in their lives and they and they seem like nothing flusters them. But that is probably more than likely a journey that they've been on because at some point we do have challenges managing feelings when we, whenever we have any sort of difficulty or trying time, I mean, everybody goes through it. No one is just born with this amazing skill set, right? We have different uh, degrees of severity in terms of how we, how well we do it, but everyone has to take the journey a little bit. So the triggers that we're trying to identify, so in other words, any kind of a sensitivity that we have had in the past that has caused us to react in a certain way. So let's say that um, someone ignores you in a conversation and at work, let's say, and you said a thing and everyone just continued to talk or when you were done speaking, uh, they just kept going as if you had said nothing. So that's going to trigger in you, let's say, uh, a mood that is 
feeling like nobody appreciates me. And you walk out of the meeting thinking, no one appreciates me. Nothing I say has any value. So when you think of that feeling, is that actually true, number one, that no one appreciates you? First of all, big statement, no one. (laughs) But is that true? Where is that coming from? Is it the fact that, you know, when you were growing up, maybe you were a middle child, maybe you were the youngest, maybe you had uh, parents that were just super busy and nothing you said seemed to rise to any kind of level of importance. Whatever it is, it does come from somewhere. And understanding that trigger will help you in the future. And so one of the ways that you can better self-regulate is to say to yourself, oh, I get why I felt that way in that meeting because this is what used to happen to me growing up. And it's kind of created this pattern where if I even sense for the slightest second that I'm not being heard, I all of a sudden feel um, very inadequate and I have these frustrated feelings and I feel as if no one appreciates me. And then you have a better understanding and you're thinking, oh, I get it now. And so once you get it, just imagine the next time that you have that feeling, you can attach it now to an understanding that you have that you learned the last time and you will better be able to cope because you're not going to attach these thoughts to this thing that you're feeling. You're not going to attach the thought that you're inadequate and nobody appreciates you. You're going to attach the thought that maybe there's a different reason, right? Maybe it was a, a hot topic. Maybe they did appreciate what you said and they were letting it soak in. Maybe a lot of different things. So First of all, just understanding and and really being able to isolate where that might come from is a huge step one. Another thing to watch out for and to sort of um, really work on when you're trying to self-regulate is, again, don't get into the habit of thinking that certain things have to mean certain things. And we just touched on that a little bit, but again, it becomes a habit. And it becomes not only a habit, but something that we subconsciously enjoy because it's comfortable and familiar. So things that are comfortable and familiar to us, that's what we are always seeking. And so even though it's annoying or even though it's spiking a bad mood, because it's familiar, it has a certain level of comfort with it. And so you have to say to yourself, but is this how I want to live? Do I want to live in this mood because I've always lived in this mood? The answer is, of course, no. You don't want to have that be the threshold. That's the normal mood now. You don't need to do that. You get to switch what that means. So kind of reduce the idea that that's a normal response, that the negative feeling is normal because it's familiar and comfortable. We need to change what is familiar and comfortable. Make that something that is enjoyable. So if the thought is something more positive, like, oh my goodness, I had this situation happened and my partner 
usually this triggers me getting really upset, but I just decided, you know, that's something that has always bothered me. And now I just realized it really doesn't bother me because of him. It bothers me because of this other situation. So I want to switch how that makes me feel. I want to switch the mood that that creates for me. You get to, to raise and lower that threshold of what your mood is. Okay. Another tip is to, I tell my girls this all the time because I'm a person that likes to definitely take a moment before I blurt something out. Um, I'm not a person that just jumps to, you know, say the next thing because they want to just be heard. I really like to process. I like to listen. I like to consider the consequences of what I'm going to say before I say it. And so, That is an amazing tool when learning to self-regulate because just imagine how many uncomfortable situations could be avoided if you just waited a moment to process what it is that you are feeling to what is getting stirred up. So if something is stirring up a very frustrating emotion in you and you blurt out, well, nobody understands me nobody ever listens to me whatever the situation is imagine if you took a moment and just thought about how you were feeling and identified that it's attached that it's a trigger it's attached to this other thing and it's not really real and what you're about to say first of all is a huge generalization second of all is going to really Um, impact the harmony and third it isn't really solving anything you are just throwing in this negative comment that really isn't even the truth as far as you know so being able to wait a moment before you react and allow yourself to figure out the trigger is hugely important another tip is Learn how to be vulnerable enough with the people that you love that you can share this. We are so many times guilty of being the worst to the people we love the most because we just feel like they're never going to hold it against us. And it's kind of true, luckily. When you love someone, you just you allow a lot of ebb and flow in moods and emotions because you love them so much. You're like, well, there must be something. I love her. This isn't really normal for her. Like, um, I know that this must be something else, so I'm just going to accept it. But that isn't really the goal here. The goal is that these moods, these spikes are few and far between. And the way that you can help the relationship and help yourself and monitor your own mood swings better is by being super open, honest, and vulnerable and saying, right this second, this feels to me like I'm being attacked. And it's taking some work, but I'm realizing that whenever I have this feeling of being attacked, it takes me back to this place in my life where everything I did was challenged and doubted and frowned upon and made fun of. And so now anytime I have any kind of an interaction like that, where it gives me that feeling that it's a trigger for me, and then I get into this mood, 
right? And if you can be that open with someone, especially someone that you love that matters hugely in your life, you can help yourself and help them better understand. Because we don't know what's in someone else's head. I was guilty of this, you know, during my marriage too, like thinking that people have a crystal ball and they know what you're thinking. They don't. They don't, they not only don't know what you're thinking, they don't know where this is coming from. Only you know. And you can share it and you can give some insight and that would be hugely helpful and then also say, this is something that I'm working on. But you have to love and trust enough the person that you're talking to and to be able to just go deep and be honest and vulnerable and say, I'm working on it. I know this makes no sense to you right now, looking at this objectively. Uh, I know it makes no sense, but I'm working on it. And so that's another huge, um, you know, huge tool to use to be able to better control the moods is to be able to talk about it honestly. So you have to also be willing to change. Once you identify it, you have to be willing to change that negative, ineffective way of handling the situation. It's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to be vulnerable and say, I'm working on it. But it's not that you just want to work on it to maybe diminish it. Maybe it would be helpful for you to just change entirely how you cope with it. So take a look at what you are doing and maybe replace that with something more positive, with something more helpful. So maybe you need to talk to somebody. Maybe you need a life coach, a therapist. Uh, maybe for whatever it is that ails you, you might need some kind of a program or something. But everyone is so individually, beautifully unique that it takes some work and adjustment and kind of modulating to figure out what's going to work for me so that I can take this and instead of just trying to make it less of a trigger and have my reaction be less and, and just diminish it, I'm going to try to completely change the mechanism. I'm going to change what this does to me. I'm going to change my conversation around it. I'm going to change what I do to uh, adjust my behavior when I feel it coming on so that I can gradually create new habits and new moods and emotions around it. You have to be willing to do that though, because just because these things were developed when we were young and and we were taught our coping strategies by the way that we grew up and the whole dynamic of our family because everybody's family dynamic is what it is it's different and unique just because we had that and we know now that it contributes to how we cope today it doesn't mean that it has to stay that way and again we can only change ourselves so a lot of times we have a mood and it's a response to someone else's mood. And so therefore we think, well, it's because of you. But the truth is that we are responding to your mood in a way that we do 
because for us, that mood, that conversation style, that attitude, that statement is a trigger. So even though it might look like you are in a way because of how someone else spoke to you or came at you, it's because that that they did triggered something in you. So again, it always ends up back to you to look at yourself and ask yourself, why did that even do it? But more importantly, you are in a beautiful part of your life. Midlife should be glorious. It should be unencumbered. You should liberate yourself from guilt and regret and things that have held you down. And that includes this negative pattern, these negative triggers that put you in certain moods. And it's done it for decades because that's what you have known and that's the habit you have created. But approach this time as an opportunity to be someone that is constantly seeking to better understand where things come from, to approach them with a very curious, um, very positive mindset, and in a way that you are open to an alternative and that you're willing to change. These things take time, but they are decisions. Everything that we think is because of an external situation, well, not everything, but many things that are caused by an external situation that cause a certain mood for us, those are decisions that we have made for that response. We decided to react that way. You didn't have to. Many things in life we have to do, but reacting a way to a thing is a choice. And understanding where the reaction comes from is half the battle. And then the rest of it is, and how do I flip my thought to not be this negative one? And then how do I replace it with something that's positive so that I can change the way that I cope with this. It's all about growing and maturing. And I love being in midlife because I feel like in my 50s now that I am wiser than I have ever been. And it's because you make mistakes. It's because you handled a situation a certain way that you should have handled another way. But if you have the maturity to look at it, and to be very open to it and to own the part that is yours, then you can go from that point being so much more educated on it and so much more capable to cope. And that's why I love talking to younger people because there's a lot of wisdom when you you know get older. We've been through a lot of things. We've done a lot of things. But the best gift that you can give yourself in midlife and the people that love you the most is to learn about self-regulating, managing your moods, managing your emotions. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself because you deserve, again, this to be a very happy, glorious time. There are plenty of things that we have wanted for ourselves 
that we fear in midlife we might not be able to do. And we want to limit those as much as possible. Because many times what stands in our way is ourselves and our ideas around our limitations. So please, for your own sake, understand that these are just emotions and they are very natural and essential. But as you can go back and really learn how to better and differently regulate them, you will be in control. You will be in control of your mood, your feelings. You don't have to ever look to someone else. You won't be able to blame someone else. It's you. And you'll be able to better control, you know, anxiety, anything that makes you sad. And you will then strengthen those relationships because you have built vulnerability and trust into that and better understanding. And those relationships will get stronger for sure. Well, friends, that is all for today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Friends, thank you so much for listening to the Badass Midlife Podcast. I appreciate it so much. If you know anyone that would enjoy it, please share it with them and also give us a five-star review. It really helps us a lot. I'd also love to see you in our Badass Midlife Podcast Facebook group where we talk a little bit more in depth on these topics and you can ask questions and share comments. I hope I see you there.